come, Holy Spirit, come by the most powerful intercession of the Immaculate Heart of Mary, your well-beloved spouse. On this Holy Thursday, every year we celebrate the Mass of the Lord's Supper, which commemorates three events that took place on that first Holy Thursday when our Lord Jesus Christ gathered his 12 apostles on the night before he would give his life on the cross. And the church actually explicitly instructs her priests to, to preach on these three aspects of this Holy Mass, this, this Mass of the Lord's Supper. They are what we heard in the Gospel, the washing of the Apostles' feet by Jesus. Secondly, the institution of the Holy Eucharist, which we heard about in, in the first reading with recounting the story of the Passover, which the Eucharist is the true fulfillment of the Lord's Passover. And then the second reading giving us the words of institution from St. Paul. And then the third event that is a little bit less familiar to people is at the same time Jesus institutes the Holy Eucharist, he also institutes the ordained priesthood when he commands the apostles to do this in memory of him. He ordains them as priests so that they would have the power to fulfill that command. And in each of these three kind of events or aspects of this Mass, of this Holy Thursday, I think we see fulfilled the words that St. John began the Gospel with, that Jesus loved his own in the world, and he loved them to the end. I think in each of these three mysteries, we can see how Jesus loved us with a profound love, with a sacrificial love, a love that was also uh, fully kind of imbued with humility. I want to speak a little bit about the humility of our Lord in how he loved us on that Holy Thursday night and in the gifts that he has given his church. And then also say a word about how we are called to respond with a likewise humility that we are called to imitate Christ in this as we are in all things. And so to begin with the foot washing, which we heard about in the gospel, I don't think we fully appreciate how shocking it would have been what Jesus did at the Last Supper. We've heard it so many times, it's become commonplace to us. But if you read carefully, the apostles were shocked and scandalized that Jesus wanted to wash their feet. In fact, Peter initially said, no, Lord, you're not going to wash my feet. Because that was the task of a slave. That was the lowest of the low. Right? The, the responsibility of, of somebody's hosting a dinner and the guests come right, to, to wash off the dirt and the grime from having walked uh, through dirt roads in sandals. It was the lowest servant or even the slave that had that responsibility. And for Jesus, the master and the teacher, to do that was shocking. And so Jesus uh, insists, and then he, he ends the gospel with, do you realize what I've done for you? 
You call me teacher and master, and rightly so. Jesus acknowledges that he is their superior, their teacher, their rabbi, their Lord. But he says, I've given you an example. I've given you a model that you are called to follow. And so each of us is called to imitate that that attitude of humility that Jesus had that was willing to humble oneself in love and in service for everyone and for anyone. I think one aspect of, of this event that we may not have really explicitly thought about is that the Gospels are very clear that Judas was still with Jesus and the apostles. He hadn't left yet. Jesus washed Judas's feet knowing full well that in a few short hours he was going to betray him. And yet Jesus still was willing to humble himself and to express his love even for Judas. And so we too have no excuses. There is nobody in our life that we are not called to love, to be willing to serve, to be willing to humble ourselves for the good of another even if it's somebody that we feel has betrayed us or offended us or hurt us. Jesus still loves them, and he calls us to do the same. There's another aspect of this mystery of of the Lord humbling himself to wash the feet of of the disciples, and it's actually connected with the third mystery, the institution of the priesthood. All of this is taking place in the context of Jesus instituting the Eucharist and the priesthood. There's actually a connection here with the sacrament of confession. Jesus uh, says when Peter initially says like, no way, Lord, you're not going to wash my feet. And then Peter kind of overcorrects like he usually does and says, well, then wash my head and, and my hands as well. But Jesus says, whoever has bathed has no need except to have his feet washed, for he is clean all over. So you are clean, but not all referring to Judas. What does Jesus mean that those who have bathed have no need to be washed all over again? Well, sure, there might be a kind of an immediate practical uh, application of that, but there's a deeper spiritual meaning, right? That, that those who have been bathed in the waters of baptism, right, no longer have a need to be bathed completely. But as we go through this journey of life, we kind of accumulate the dirt of sin, and we need to have that washed off through the sacrament of confession. And so Jesus gives his apostles this example that they have to be willing to even serve people in their sinfulness and to be there to wash them clean. And so this example and model requires of us that same humility, that willingness to serve anyone and everyone that the Lord brings into our life. But also we all know that we kind of need a lot of humility sometimes to go to confession to admit our need for forgiveness and our need for cleansing. You know, again, Peter at first was like, no thanks, I'm good. Lord, you're not going to wash me. Sometimes we might experience that, that hesitation, that unwillingness. We need to ask the Lord for the grace to have that humility, to recognize that we all need to be cleansed of our sins. Secondly, the Lord gives us perhaps one of his greatest gifts, when he institutes the Holy Eucharist, when he takes bread and says, this is my body, when he takes the wine and says, this 
is the chalice of my blood, thereby fulfilling, right, what that first Passover prefigured, right? That the blood of those lambs in the Old Testament could not take away sins. Only the blood of the true Lamb of God, right, poured out for sinners on the cross would have the power to cleanse us of our sins, to, to give us eternal life. And in the Eucharist, Jesus reveals the depths of his love for us, that he was willing uh, to go to, to any limit, to give himself, not just once at the Last Supper, not just once on Good Friday, but he gives himself continually to us down through the centuries, every time the Mass is celebrated. He makes himself present, and he wants to be available to us 24-7 so that we can come into his presence. Jesus shows incredible humility in the Eucharist, even more so than in his incarnation. When God became incarnate, uh, St. Paul speaks about this in Philippians chapter 2, that Christ emptied himself, he humbled himself when he took on our humanity, when he took on our limitations. He showed incredible humility, but even more so in the Eucharist, where he confines himself to what seems like bread and to what seems like wine, but is in fact his true, real, substantial self, his body, blood, soul, and divinity. What incredible humility that Jesus is willing to lower himself for us and for our sake out of love for us. And I think then the Eucharist, in a special way, invites us to examine our own attitudes. And, and do we have that corresponding humility that our Lord asks of us? Do we appreciate and recognize the magnitude of the gift that we have been given in the Eucharist, in, in the Mass, and the fact that we can be here and truly and really, in a mysterious way, be present for that first Supper, that first last supper? Do we have that that humility that leads to to gratitude and to wonder and to awe and to reverence as we approach our Lord filled with that love, desiring to be in union with Him? You know, and the church helps us in this, in in the different kind of uh, things that we do as Catholics. We have different postures. We have different things that we say, different prayers that we can pray to kind of help us be truly with the Lord, not just exteriorly, but interiorly. Think about it. Probably every single one of you, when you came into the church, you genuflected, right? An exterior sign of of reverence and humility. When you came into the pew, you probably knelt for a little bit to pray, right? Kneeling is that age-old biblical uh, way of expressing that, that prayerfulness before the throne of God. There's certain parts at Mass where we're uh, asked to kneel, right? At, at the end of Mass, uh, with, with the, um, excuse me, the procession of the Eucharist, right? We kneel at, at adoration. We kneel as a sign of our humility before the Lord, acknowledging the great gift that we've been given, Right? I think our, our, our humility can also be expressed in, in our fidelity, our faithfulness, right? that we're here every single Sunday, every holy day, wanting to express our gratitude to the Lord, our thankfulness you know, in our, our behavior. And, and when we enter into the church, do we to have that awareness that we're coming into God's house and, and how we dress and how we speak and, and how we behave? All of these things help us 
acquire that true interior humility before the Lord in the Eucharist so that we can truly experience the depths of his love. I think there's also a connection there again with confession, having the humility to acknowledge when we need to go to confession before receiving communion. And then thirdly, Jesus institutes along with the Eucharist the priesthood to make possible for the church uh, his presence in the sacrament as well as the other sacraments. And Jesus again shows great humility that he would identify these fallen, broken, sinful men with himself, with his mission. When a man is ordained to the priesthood, he is configured to Christ. He's made an altar Christus, another Christ, to be his representative uh, in the world and in the church. And we all know that, that those priests and, and all of them were, were imperfect, were flawed. We fail sometimes to represent Jesus the way that we should. And he allows that in his great humility and love for us because he knows the good that he can bring about through his priests. And something else that, that is just amazing, that God obeys his priests. Perhaps that you never really re reflected upon that. When, when the priest uh, baptizes somebody, when the priest absolves somebody of their sins, when the priest uh, calls down the Holy Spirit upon the gifts on the altar, when he says the words of consecration, God obeys a human. God is faithful to his promises, and he submits himself to the church that he established, to the sacraments that he established to be those channels of grace for us. And so we too must have that same humble attitude towards him in obeying his commandments, in obeying his laws, in obeying the representatives that he has given us, right? The, the legitimate authority that we all have in our life that God wants us to respect and obey in that humility of heart. We all know humility is hard. Right? How do we do it? How do we acquire this virtue? How do we grow in this imitation of our Lord? Well, he himself tells us in the Gospel of Matthew, he says, Come to me, all you who labor and are burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am meek and humble of heart, and you will find rest for yourselves. The only way we can learn this humility is from Jesus himself. And to do that, we have to spend time with him. We have to spend time with him in our prayer, our personal private prayer, our family prayer, but also to spend time with him in the Eucharist, in adoration, in the church, in the real presence that he has left us so that we would be able to come to him, so that he would be available to us to teach us how to be like him. This night especially, uh, the Mass of the Lord's Supper concludes with a, the procession of the Eucharist, and we'll, we'll go over to the gym, and there'll be an opportunity to spend time with our Lord. As he himself asked those apostles on that first Holy Thursday, could you not watch with me for one hour? At the willingness to sacrifice our own time to be with the Lord, that is how we will become more like him especially in this virtue of humility. So my friends, I invite all of us to spend more time with Jesus, to learn from him how to be meek and humble of heart.